Welcome to Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I am your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and thank you for joining me for another episode of a solo review. This week we'll be discussing Train Spotting, directed by Danny Boyle, came out in 1996, starring Ewan McGregor, Ewan Brenner. Johnny Lee Miller and Robert Carlyle, uh, based, of course, based on the book by Irvin Welsh. So, this is a very interesting review. Uh, as I start off with every episode, my interaction with Train Spotting is something that's very unique. In that, I remember watching this this uh, or I should say segments of this film when I was roughly I was very young, probably around eight or nine. Now, when I say segments, it was probably a few scenes, but the scenes that really stuck with me, the scenes that I'm that I'm referring to, is specifically the withdrawal scene when Renton, uh, Ewan McGregor's character, is going through his heroin with withdrawal, and he's just seeing visions of his friends and just kind of events of. Just a cathartic release of what's going, of what had happened in the movie up to that point, and I, I also remember seeing the the infamous dead baby scene, and I was very young, and I it's not like I was sitting down to watch this movie. My parents let me. It was I was just kind of walking by as my parents were watching this, and I had seen these two key scenes in particular, and I was quickly rushed away. But I wasn't scarred or anything. I just remember, probably in high school, when I really started getting into these, into movies and film and starting my collection, that I was like, I wonder what movie that is from. Because I remember it just like really stuck with me of how powerful that image was, and I had, and I was just very interested of what that movie was. So I remember researching just those scenes and, you know, finding Train Spotting, and, you know, when I was old enough, I had finally watched it. And and I had an appreciation for it, and now here we are, many years later, on my own podcast talking about Train Spotting. So it's a very um, very inter- It's a very unique uh, story for how I really came to be introduced to this film, and also I think is it's this film that started my appreciation for Ewan McGregor, my man. He's, he's my favorite actor, and I think it's it really stems from this movie. So, I think we should really get right into the review. So, we'll start off with a plot. So, we follow Renton, played by Ewan McGregor, and his group of heroin-addicted friends in the drug-filled streets of Edinburgh in the late 1980s. Renton finds himself in a never-ending cycle of quitting, relapsing from his addiction, until a very specific situation allows him to escape this lifestyle. So once again, as in all my solo reviews, I have my specific points that I want to discuss. Before I get into those, let's talk about the style of this film. Now this... Trainspotting has a huge influence on me as a filmmaker, a movie lover, as a person. It's just such an interesting film in that 
you know, just the way it's told in the end, uh, the scenes that I'm, I mean, they're the scenes from, you know, the worst toilet in Scotland, the overdose scene, the infamous withdrawal scene, and then there's just the, the manner of how it depicts addiction in a very realistic and visceral manner. And, and in that in that way, I mean that the characters are stealing, mugging, they're lying, they're anything to get their fix to to really quench that thirst for their addiction. And I think that a lot of uh, drug movies, they either really glorify or romanticize uh, the just addiction or drugs, and that's just kind of what the media is now. Uh, I know my father, who is a, he's a drug counselor, one thing we always talk about every now and again is just how addiction and drugs are portrayed in film and media and a big thing that we that a big point that we discuss is that addiction and and drug addiction is old, is is very is very is is tends to be romanticized in some way in that in that the really brutal nature of addiction and what that costs people to their humanities and what really happens isn't is really glossed over just for you know the sake of plot convenience but i think with train spotting it really it doesn't gloss over those facts and i what i think is just interesting is that another it's just these these characters are are likable but they aren't good people they i i never once empathized really with any of these characters but they just feel real and that is, I think, is a very key point in selling this movie. Another point, uh, going off the styles, the direction of Danny Boyle. It's excellent pacing, great screenplay. The soundtrack, which I'll get more into that later, but the soundtrack really complements this whole film and the themes of this film and what's going on on screen. And like I said earlier, it just has a really visceral intimacy between the audience and the characters because there's a really... I uh, focus on these characters, especially of Renton, and and how the dynamics of these relationships really play out, and that and that really plays to this film's really strong suits. So I I really just think that the style of this film really sp- speaks in full volumes and really makes this a very even contemporary piece. All it came out better half of what, almost 20, 20 years ago, and it's still very relevant to this day, and just telling that story of addiction, and and so move with that, I want to move into, I really only have two main points that, I w- that I've gotten from my research and from my own viewings of this film. I've seen this film many, many times, and so these, I have a lot of thoughts on this film, but the two main points that I have... The first one is that this is obviously a movie about addiction, but it's very. In- what's interesting is that two things: one, that it neither condones or condemns dr- uh, addiction or drug or drug abuse, which I'll get on. I'll get more into that later. But what's it's an- another interesting point is that yes, the main focus for the the plot and the story is of heroin addiction, but there's also many different. There's also many different addictions that are. Uh, are tackled in this film, and that the a few that I can think of uh, violence, especially in the form of Big B's character, he's always ready to go, he's always fighting, and that's a big plot from what I understand well, in this film, but also in the novel, is that Begbie is a very violent 
character and that they just lash out. And that's very apparent in the film, but it, violence is Begbie's addiction. Sex is all the characters, uh, ex- especially with uh, Tommy and, and, and Retton's characters with their, uh, with their girlfriends and that. And, and the friendships. The friendships in this film are very toxic. And, and what's interesting is that all these addictions are paired and paralleled with drug addiction in that this film really accurately depicts the highs and the euphoria that comes from using drugs. But, you know, the, there, it, there's always a come-down period and a toxic nature. So, example, with just with the friendships, Tommy and Renton, Renton gets Tommy addicted to heroin, which leads to his subs- subsequent um, his, his subsequent addiction, which then leads to HIV contraction, and then eventually his death. And then there's uh, Sick Boy Beg Me on Renton's uh, post-drug or, d- or drug days, when Renton's trying to get, you know, clean and get his life on track. Uh, Sick Boy and Beg Me... And, and Spud, to a degree, come in, invade his life, they suck him dry, and just, just as any bad drug habit would be, these, they are consuming his life and he can't get rid of them. And so what, what all of these characters are showing is just really the lows of addiction, but also the highs of addiction. The, the lows, obviously, with all the tragedy that goes through, either the, the, the withdrawal, the overdosing, the death of friends, going to prison, lying, stealing for their, their, the feed their habit. But there's also this film has the highs of those, of those addictions, uh, specifically with the with the friendship, the po- the big drug deal that the four of these characters partake in the end of the film when it goes when it's successful. They all are high, and even Renton compares it to uh, a drug a drug high, in that it, it felt great, very euphoric, but it doesn't last. And I think what's what's also interesting is that Renton overcomes his addiction in the very end when he quote unquote betrays his friends. And what's very interesting is that yes, this is kind of a a very triumphant moment for Renton. He is, he's putting his demons behind him. He's moving forward with his life. He's clean. But this film poses the question, is is it really worth it? In that, in the end of the movie, as, Ren- as Renton is walking into the camera and he becomes blurry uh, with the focus, he's smiling into the camera but the narration is very bitter with his choose life speech at the very end of the, at the, very end of the movie. So it just begs that question, is... Does he even really? Does he mean that? Is it worth it? And I think that's a very interesting uh, dichotomy that this film is 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 asking its audience: Is it worth it? And it, and leaves it up to them with showing the the both the highs and lows of addiction in this film. And then this is this is moving on. I want to expand on the point of that this movie doesn't necessarily condone nor condemn addiction. Now. It certainly shows the hor- like the really horrible sides of addiction in that, especially just in the film that I can think of, the withdrawal scene or the overdosing scene, but it doesn't con- condemn addiction either. The very first, one of the very first lines that Renton speaks outside of his Choose Life scene is when he 
injects himself, he leans back and says, well, what they forget is the pleasure of it, speaking of heroin. And a perfect example of of just kind of having this duality is the worst toilet in London scene. When Renton finally decides he is going to quit his addiction, cold turkey, he's gonna he's just gonna go right dive right in. But he needs his uh his opium suppositories to kind of wean off that before he goes into his full blown withdrawal. So what happens in the scene, he loses loses the suppositories in the toilet and he goes in after them to get them back. Now Number one, this scene shows the low points that addiction can allow individuals to succumb to. This toilet is riddled with 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 crap all over. It's disgusting. Low light. It's just uh, it's it's a very literal representation of someone at a very low point in their life, just uh, filtering through this crap. They get these suppositories. But then, very surreal image of him climbing into the toilet, full body, and going into this new serene world. Which this, once he's in this water, this is representing the idea of what that high is like. It's total bliss, it's pure, euphoric, it's dreamlike. And like I said, this is the side that people become addicted to, this serene environment that that happens especially during uh, a heroin a heroin high and another interesting perspective that i found when researching this is that throughout this film the characters are are staged as famous album covers or music videos at uh, different points throughout this film and paired with the rock and the rock music, uh, especially Iggy Pop, that's what I keep thinking of. That's this this film turned me on to Iggy Pop. Uh, Lust for Life is playing in the beginning. Paired with these images and music, this this film gives off the idea that addiction can really make you feel like a rock star, but also eventually can turn you into, you know, the shell of a person that you used to be. You know, that is precisely what I think the thesis of this film is, just showing that duality of addiction and its subsequent effects on the individual that is being affected. So, I've, uh, I've, uh, Trainspotting is very special film to me. I didn't really want to speak too much of the plot. Um, I really wanted to focus on the themes of of the film in this episode uh, because I think the, f- the themes are what is most important about this. So, you know, I've, I've said my piece on train spotting. Uh, a little bit of a short episode, but, you know, very, very rich themes of this film. So, moving on to the recommendations and star ratings. You know, I think without a doubt, I think this might be the first time this happened has on has happened on amateur all tours. I'm going to give Train Spotting a 5 out of 5. It is a near perfect film. Everything works in this film. E- everything from the acting to the storytelling to the visuals to the music. Everything from the it's 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 a near perfect film. Every time I watch this, I never I'm never bored. I'm always thrust into the universe that this film is taking place. I am just pulled 
by some force that is train spotting and you know it was because of my love of train spotting and its effect on me that train spotting 2 was one of the most anticipated films for me in my life up to this point and i and it's because of my deep love of train spotting and so with that i'm i couldn't recommend this film enough um i I I always try and watch this with with friends, especially people that are are into movies. If they haven't seen Train Spotting, it's a definite must. And and with that, I give it a five out of five. So thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. Uh, you know Brian is Brian and I are still working on it. Just we're very different schedules, both doing different things. But I'm trying to keep. I I like doing these solo reviews. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's definitely making me think and really making me fine-tune these skills and also talk about movies that sometimes Brian might not want to talk about or just trying having trouble, you know, both watching at the same time. So, with that, this concludes this episode of a solo review of Train Spotting. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for the next episode. Thank you and have a good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. If you like what you've heard, want to leave a review, or even make a possible suggestion for Brian and I to discuss, you can follow us on Instagram at The Amateur All Tours, on Facebook at Amateur All Tours Podcast, or even send us an email at theamateuralltourspodcast at gmail.com. Once again, theamateuralltourspodcast at gmail.com. That is one word. Cover design was composed by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at her own website, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme was performed by the CCH Jazz Ensemble, which was found using a Creative Commons search. Once again, we would like to personally thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for future episodes, be sure to let us know what you think, and thank you once again.